Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. The last probably three to five years of running my larger enterprise, I, I, was, uh, I was on a little bit of uh, cruise control and I needed a fire to kind of be lit in me again. And this, this fire's burning and I'm just excited about what we have to offer to the marketplace in the country here in the US. I'm Tris Dyson. I'm the executive director of Nesta Challenges and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Hello, I'm Millie Vincent and I'm going to be sharing some business tips. Think things through, but then have the courage to go for it. Take risks, but make sure they're control risks. Don't make excuses to yourselves or others why things can't be done as that's the easy option. A can-do attitude can work wonders. Challenge yourself and you'll be surprised what you can achieve. Don't overborrow. Make sure you market your business properly. Know your product or service and know who your clients are and how you're going to sell it to them. Entrepreneurs can fail because their companies are invisible to the outside world, because they're loath to spending money on marketing and PR, thinking it was a waste of resource. This is a huge mistake that some entrepreneurs make. When the money gets tight, you can have the best product or service in the world, but if nobody knows how good it is, they're not going to buy it. I hope you look forward to me sharing some more business tips next week. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host Kizzy Nkwacha, a show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine and the property investor, editor of the successful Women in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor and your fellow game changer, Kizzy Nkwacha. Hello and welcome to Kids' Friday Game Changers. This week I'm talking to Rob Basso, entrepreneur, business book author and founder of Associated Human Capital Management. Over the years, Rob's worked with thousands of businesses of all sizes from many sectors and this gives him a unique perspective on the trends and issues that impact businesses across the United States. In just a few seconds, I'll be talking to Rob and uncovering his strategy for game-changing success. It's Friday, I'm Kizzy, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn, and innovate. Hi, this is Ray Zen, and I'm here with you on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Hello, welcome to the show. Rob, it's fantastic to have you join us. Thanks for having me. I I look forward to our conversation. No, really, the pleasure is all mine. Rob, your background includes founding and growing Advantage Payroll Services from no clients and no employees, apart from your mum, that is. You grew it into a company that has established itself as New York's largest independently owned payroll and tax filing company. And then in 2018, you sold the company in a multi-million dollar deal. And at that point, most people would have thought you'd retire, buy a condo by the beach and go fishing every day, but not you. 
In 2012, you bought Associated Payroll Consultants and rebranded it to Associated Human Capital Management. And flash forward to 2019, and you're widely recognized as a key player in the business of cloud-based integrated payroll and HR systems. But Rob, the question is, after the Paychecks deal was signed, sealed and delivered in 2018, why didn't you buy the condo by the beach and take up fly fishing? <laughs> my friends and my family are asking me the same thing, Keezy. I, I, I think I've just always had a passion for building organizations, for working with great people. And I wasn't ready to give that up. Uh, I'm 46. I'll be 47 in a month. And I think I have a couple more acts left in me and my golf swing stinks. So for me, um, really being back in the mix, it's recharged me. It's re-energized me. I mean, the last probably three to five years of running my larger enterprise, I, I was uh, I was on a little bit of uh, cruise control and I needed a fire to kind of be lit in me again. And this this fire's burning and I'm just excited about what we have to offer to the marketplace in the country here in the U.S. Well, Rob, I'm excited because you sound so excited. Tell me more about Associated HCM. What would you say were the qualities that helped the business stand out from the crowd? Well, one of the things that we feel is a significant differentiator is is the culture that we've built here. Our entire culture for the folks that work with the organization is based around education. It's based around being better at your position, your job, your life, your relationships uh, than you were uh, uh, just a week ago. And we work very hard on bringing our staff along because we know that they're the key to the customer satisfaction. Listen, I've competed with big, huge multinational companies my entire career, and the one thing that they've never been able to figure out is how to really give the client what they what they need, how they need it, and to interact with them at the level that they want to be. And we think that's a significant differentiator is our people. Our people make this place better. And that's why I'm excited about 2020 and beyond. I hear you, Rob. And I really love hearing you talking about culture within an organization because that's one of the topics that's often neglected within these large multi-billion dollar businesses. Um, but tell me, how would you describe the culture within Associated HCM? How would you describe it to somebody on the outside looking in? I would say it's incredibly inclusive. Um, we use a whole management style and um, have meetings throughout the organization, all held the same exact way for the same amount of time with the same type of agenda. And all of that information of what's going on in the entire organization is shared on a special platform for any department to see what any other department is working on. And we think that's unique in a business our size or any size for that matter. And having people feel that they're part of something bigger than their own job sitting behind their desk really fosters a community feeling that they're charging towards the same goal. And we, we don't hide anything. We let them know the good things that happen. We let them know the bad things that happen. And these people will run, run through walls for their managers. And that's the kind of people that you want servicing your account, especially in such an important thing. I mean, you look at my, my business in general, what we do is not just cut some paychecks. That's really not what we do. We're the conduit in which the economy gets its money. The money flows through our organization to the individuals to spend in the local community 
to support the country. And if you just thought of your job when you woke up in the morning as pushing some keys and printing some checks, how excited would you be to get up in the morning? So we've built the culture around understanding that what we really do is bigger than print some checks. And it's the story that we tell ourselves every day that makes the difference coming to work here. And that's why clients want to work with us. I was just thinking, bearing in mind how successful you've been at the Associated HCM, you must be puzzled when you hear of other organizations where, that, where they still have this um, silo mentality, where people who work in certain departments feel that their, their level of interest is limited specifically to just that department that they're working in. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and you wonder why organizations that are of modest size don't adopt this more, uh, more often. I, I can understand at some point why some large organizations or multinational organizations have significant difficulty doing that. And I'll say there's some big companies that, that do a pretty good job at it. But at the small and medium-sized business level, there's very few that I come in contact with that are doing it to the level that we're doing it. And I have to tell you, our sales are brisk. Our losses of client base is low, better than it was at my previous company. And I, I, I absolutely owe it not just to um, what I think I've done a decent job putting this all together, but it's the people that I've hired. I mean, I might be putting the pieces together but they're doing the work all day, every day. And you just have to remember that as an owner or a leader of a company that you're, you're only as good as the, as the troops that you hire. And I think too many people want to stand on a ladder and scream, it's me, it's me, it's me. Well, I'm telling you, it ain't me, it's them. And I'm just, I'm just here guiding the ship. And it, it, it's really made a big difference in the way that we're, we're seen in the marketplace. I hear you, Rob. And I think we can all relate to that on some level. I remember many, many years ago going for an editorial job at one of these large um, multinational publishing companies. And the chief executive took me in for our final interview, our final chat. And in the boardroom, um, we we're sitting opposite each other. And he said to me, Kizzy, I, we believe in this organization that our greatest asset are our people. What do you think? And I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry, I don't agree. And Rob, you know, when you say something that someone doesn't expect and the room suddenly goes quiet. <laughs> well, listen, it's and, and you, you, do you feel differently now, Kizzy? Well, the thing is, after I said to him, I didn't agree. What I said afterwards was that I believe that a company's most important asset is the right people. And if you've got the right people doing the right things, then you can achieve pretty much anything you want. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it's it's right people, right seat. It's just it, 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 it's basically driven my whole career. And sometimes I've done it really poorly. I mean, you know, they say you learn from your failures. Oh, I had massive bumps along the way, but you hope 25 years into a career, you get better at it. But let me make this clear too. All of this culture talk, all of this communication drives profit. Mm. It's not just about the people. Sure, it's about the money, Keezy. Let, you know, we're in business. We want to make a good living. Our, 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 our employees want to make a good living. But all of those things that I feel so strongly about make the company more money. Why would you do it any other way if, if time after time it shows that some of these successful companies that do what we're talking about right now are more profitable? It's not a coincidence at all. 
No, it's not. That makes perfect sense, Rob. Um, I was just thinking that as many game-changing entrepreneurs discover, the road to success is rarely ever a straight and smooth one. Tell me, what were the major challenges faced when trying to get associated human capital management off the ground? And how did you overcome these challenges? Well, one of the biggest challenges we had was uh, we had a fairly large organization and we we prorupted it by selling uh, the, the, the largest part of it and uh, having a large public company come take over. And, you know, we lost some employees that went with the new organization um, that have worked with me for 20 years. And the, the hard part, to be quite frank, was, was an emotional thing where a lot of us felt like, you know, your family was kind of being ripped apart. And I think there's not enough talk about uh, what happens emotionally not just to the owner of the business, but the people that have been working within something that's been sold. Um, we took this little piece of it and went off and I took my top managers and some of my top people to continue moving on. And I miscalculated how upset and emotional it was for everybody. And it probably took us six months to work out of that funk and realize, okay, this is the new, new. That company is gone. You know, we can have fond memories and we can look back uh, on it as it was a, a great thing, but it's not here anymore. We need to do new things. We need to come up with new ways to be in the marketplace. We need to keep relevant. And that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, no matter how much experience you have. So, you know, the emotional toll that it took on the staff was probably the biggest thing that we had to overcome. And I can imagine that um, that process um, has given you the skill and the insight and the wisdom that will help you grow a, a, a business, you know, probably much faster now because of what you've learned as a result of that process. Well, we plan on just on that note, I, I certainly hope so. And uh, we plan on doing what I did at my previous company, um, probably twice as fast as we've done it this time. Okay, we'll be holding you to that, Rob. Um, my next question will probably horrify you, but I've got to ask it. Why is it so important to have a single source solution for pay, HR, and time and attendance? Why does this matter? Well, it, it, yeah, no, I'm not, actually, I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, this, the, the, the simple reason is going to disparate or different organizations to get different services that all are interconnected doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from a bandwidth perspective of the operators that are running the business, whether you're a bookkeeper, a CEO, a CFO. If you can have a full-fledged human resources, time and attendance and payroll company, including your benefits administration, all built into one software package, you don't have to teach the stakeholders within the organization and the employees different products, different services, different passwords. All of that is a time saver um, when you have it in one spot. If you don't have it in one spot, it sucks the time away from you. And time clearly is money. What this does is it streamlines the entire operation. Many companies swear that they have these single source products that work together when they're really different and different engines cobbled together with a user interface. Ours is all built under one roof. It makes a massive difference to the client experience and they get more out of this system. Wouldn't it be better to call one or two people within an organization rather than to have to call three, four or five different individuals to get your needs taken care of? It's just common sense. And the challenge is I still have very large public competitors that still don't do it at the level you would think no matter how successful and big they are. 
And sometimes they get the benefit of the doubt because they're XYZ company, because they're a brand name. The stat that I always give my prospective clients is simple. I look at my two big public competitors in the marketplace. They lose between 18 and 22% of their clients a year. I would cry if I lost that many clients on an annual basis. Last year, we only lost 6% and 3% because they went out of business. So we only lost 3% of our clients. That is wholly insignificant compared to the big guys. So clearly having a single source solution and having a customer service team that cares about coming to work every day makes all the difference in the world. You've got to wonder that having a single source solution must also mean that you have a single source customer service um, uh, facility as well so that they can call one customer service representative who will be able to help them with a number of problems. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the biggest tenant of our entire operation. You're not calling a, a pool of people and getting whoever you get on the phone or calling 10 different departments. We do have specialists within the company because nobody, even in my organization, can be an absolute expert at every single aspect of the system. But you do have one main point of contact and anything they can't answer, they have internal resources. They don't have you shuttling around, contacting multiple people within the organization. And it's all about streamlining it and creating a personal relationship. You should see the holidays around here. We get the customer service folks get sent gifts. They get sent gift cards. They get sent flowers from payroll and HR clients. No. That is not a common thing. We're we Usually we're just treated as a vendor, not my staff. That's not how they're treated. They're treated as an extension of their business. And that's that's how you build lasting recurring revenue businesses is making yourself indispensable. I remember reading a few months ago that um, every organization is the extension or the shadow of just one person. And I think that kind of makes sense now after listening to you talk, Rob, because I can imagine that your attitude um, towards um, emotion and family and caring for staff and customers must seep all the way down to the person that cleans the office before you get there in the morning. It does. And 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 we think we think there's no other way to do it. And uh, we hire uh, to our values and we won't hire anybody that doesn't fit. Uh, that doesn't mean we want clones, by the way, Keezy. It doesn't mean we want everybody to be the same. But, you know, for example, uh, you, you, you want someone uh, with, with a hardworking attitude. Well, not everybody has a hardworking attitude and not everybody is respectful. Um, you can be a very different person, but be respectful. We, we, the, the challenge is hiring for those qualities is very difficult through any hiring process. No matter how good you are thinking about figuring somebody out, candidates lie. Candidates lie to get the job. And it's very hard to see through that. We probably have to interview twice as much as the normal company but I feel we get a better person once they're here. We have very little turnover at the organization. That also saves us money, by the way. That's going to make all the difference in the world. Um, let's talk briefly about your foray into the world of being an entrepreneur, because now you've produced uh, what's it, the, the Everyday Entrepreneur. The Everyday Entrepreneur. Now, this book of yours focused on the business lessons you've learned on your own and from talking to other entrepreneurs and game changers. What would you say was the most important lessons 
you learned as a result of working on The Everyday Entrepreneur? Well, listen, it, it was my first effort. And I, it was very well received. And I'm, I'm happy that The Everyday Entrepreneur sold fairly well throughout the country. Uh, we didn't have such big international sales, but it was, it, was, it was great for what we were trying to do in the marketplace. Probably the biggest single thing is that you can't do it alone. If you think that you've got the capability to do it all by yourself, you're sorely mistaken. Um, I've been able to to do some things in business that probably some people might only dream of, but I didn't do it by myself. There were very good, smart people advising me in certain directions, great people that I've surrounded myself with, and they helped lift me up. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs feel that they're the sole important one and they're the ones doing the work. And maybe at the very beginning, that was the case, Keezy, but you know, after years of reflection, I realized that it definitely wasn't me alone. There was a lot of people pulling in my direction. I mean, even a simple example is one of the gentlemen who gave me one of my first clients, a referral source who happened to be a certified public accountant, um, took a chance on me. Um, he didn't know that I was literally in a closet printing checks, literally a closet in a storeroom. I had a fairly nice suit on that made me look presentable, but there was nothing behind it. And he gave me that chance to put my first clients on. And that's what you need. You need someone to give you a chance, but you got to be able to back it up because, you know, you don't get that second chance most of the time in life. And fortunately, I guess I chose wisely with the, wisely with the people I did business with and people kept giving me chances. Every day you wake up is a chance, you know, and you have to look at it that way. And I just continue to put my best foot forward. And it's fun. It's still fun for me. I think you can hear it in my voice. It's fun. I like doing it. Hey, Keezy, there's some days that I hate coming to the office because I'm frustrated or somebody's, you know, or I'm having a challenge with a client or whatever it is. But by the end of the day, I feel good about whatever I've accomplished. And that really is all that we can ask for. Rob, you sound like one of these um, business game changers that's still learning the ropes, that's still a student. Would you consider yourself as still learning? Are you still a student, Rob? Uh, I got a lot to learn. And even with this, this transaction that took place with a very large, well-known public company, that was a, a learning experience that, my gosh, I, I got my master's in negotiation uh, with a public entity. Um, unfortunately, I think it ended well for both parties, but uh, I, I never stop learning. I'm constantly reading, constantly attending seminars, going to different events. Um, this world is changing so fast. If, if you just sit back on your laurels and think that you're going to be on top of your game, and not put the effort in, you're sorely mistaken. And maybe there's those key few people in the world that have the ability to do it because they've amassed so much wealth and influence that that's possible. Um, but I have a feeling most of the folks that are going to be listening to this broadcast are probably like me or trying to get to 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 uh, to, a, to a higher level of situation, uh, higher level of income, and higher level of success. Maybe you got some billionaires dotted in there that are listening, but that's not even why I wrote my book, The Everyday Entrepreneur. I wrote it for guys and ladies like me and you who are out there hoofing it every day, making very good livings. Maybe we're not billionaires, but we're, we're definitely ahead of the curve. And for me, that's, that's the exciting part, associating with people, elevating people, and dealing with people that I want. I'm doing this on my terms this time, Keezy not on anybody else's terms, this second business or go around. And that's the exciting part. I get to do it the way that I want to do it, not pressure from outside factors. 
Oh, sorry, don't mind me. I'm just taking some notes down here for uh, for future reference. Um, I've written down, my mate Rob says, it's all about doing business on your terms. Isn't that the classic definition of success? Yeah, it, 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 and your, your own terms could be, uh, you know, I want to work out every day and I'm going to work out at 9 a.m. and get to the office at 11. Now, I don't do that. I'm up at, you know, 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning because I don't want to spend those valuable day hours. Uh, but that is the point. You can do it on your own terms. You can choose who you work with, who you don't work. You can say, I don't want to do business with that client. I don't want to hire that person. It is an amazing freeing feeling, but it also comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. And that responsibility, it shouldn't be taken lightly. You have other people's lives in, in your decision-making capability. The decisions you make affect other people. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs think that the business is just about them. It's not, or it shouldn't be, because the decisions that I make could have somebody uh, out of work uh, if I don't do a good job. And then they can't feed their family. They can't pay their rent. I've always taken that seriously, even as a young professional starting the business at 23 years old. It was never lost on me. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that, Rob. But hold that thought. We're just going to take a quick music break and come back to our conversation in a few minutes. This week's incredibly talented boss star is Noel Dennis. Noel is a professional jazz musician and MBA course leader at Teesside University in the UK. Noel uses music to offer an alternative approach to business education, specifically strategic management, entrepreneurship and leadership. And all of this is done through jazz improvisation. Here he is performing with Zoe Gilby and this track is called Midnight Bell. What do you think of this? Stories only she can tell Overgrown with objet done Shelves of junk from lands afar The polished wood and the cigarette smoke The loyal friend to the regular folk Listen to the midnight bell Open the doors to this wishing well Glasses raised Spirits high Conversations They never run dry Here in the midnight bell A home from home For the clientele Ladies of the night Shall rest A fire warms The notorious guest Passions poured Into the usual glass The cheap desires Of the working class Listen to the midnight bell Forgotten stories only she can tell I'm Tris Dyson, I'm the Executive Director of Nesta Challenges and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers.
Get in touch with Kizzy's Friday Game Changers by emailing FridayGameChangers at email.com and follow us on Twitter by searching for Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Open the doors to this wishing well. Glasses raised, spirits high, conversations they never run dry. Home from home for the clientele Ladies of the night shall rest A fire warms the notorious guest Passions poured into the usual glass The cheap desires of the working class Listen to the midnight bell Forgotten stories only she can tell recognise you in this shiny new sports car. When did you pick it up? Hi Louise. Yes, it's me. I picked up this beauty just last week. Do you remember that decades top 10 finance specialist I put myself up for a few months ago? Yes, I do. Why? Well, I was nominated in the final top 10. Really? Yes, I couldn't believe it either. But the amazing thing was, after I was nominated as one of the decades top 10 finance specialists, everything just seemed to happen. I landed a huge five-year consultancy contract, I was being interviewed on radio and TV, we moved to that new office complex on the harbour, and just a few weeks ago I made enough money to put a down payment on this lovely sports convertible, in my favourite colour of course, red. Well done you! I was thinking, about that decade's top ten finance specialist showcase? Yes. Well, I was thinking perhaps I'll enter myself this year. You never know. Have you got their contact details? Um, well, I think they haven't there was this year. But the thing is, I think they're full, or the deadline's passed. Anyway, I can't remember where I put their contact details. I'll have a look and send you a postcard from Hawaii. Did I mention they're going to Hawaii this year? Anyway, I'll be in touch. Love you. You've already done so much. Don't be left out. Nominate yourself, a colleague or a client, for the decade's top 10 finance specialists 2019. An award could just change your life. Email hellomoneyandfinance at outlook.com or visit www.moneyandfinancemagazine.com. An award could just change your life. Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Dr. Noel Dennis, a principal lecturer and course leader for the MBA at Teesside University Business School in the UK. And the track was called Midnight Bell. I'm in the studio talking to Rob Basso, founder of Associated Human Capital Management. Now, Rob, we're at my favourite part of the show. This is a great part of the show. It's a section we call Past, Present and Future. Now, what this means is that I'm going to 
ask you three questions about your business past, your business present and your business future. If we get this right, the answers will give us a unique insight into the mind of game changer Rob Basso. Are you up for it? I'm game for it. Hit me. Excellent. Okay, now you've got to imagine you can hear a clock ticking in the background. That's the sound of time passing by second after second. Can you hear it? Okay, here we go. Imagine yourself traveling back in time to meet the young Rob Basso just starting out on his entrepreneurial journey. The young Rob asks you for one strategy that will help him grow his business. What would you tell him? I would tell him that your relationships with people are the most important asset that you have in business. Um, I think that um, at the beginning, when I started, I was just all vim and vigor and energy, but not enough um, foresight. And I was just a selling machine. I was transactional. I would go out and close deals and move on to the next, move on to the next. And I didn't build the relationships as well as I could have. And it took me a few years to really figure that out. If I had known that at the absolute very beginning, it probably would have saved me two or three years worth of challenges. If you'd spoken to the young Rob, who, as you say, was full of vim and vigor, and you'd given him this advice, would he have listened? <laughs> That's a good question. I will say there's a 50-50 chance. Uh, maybe 60-40, no, he wouldn't have listened because he thought he knew everything at 23. So uh, now I know I know very little. So, no, I, you know what? If I have to be honest, no, I probably wouldn't have listened very well then. Well, allegedly, we live and learn, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's move forward to the present. Rob, what one achievement are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud from my business, uh, from a pure business perspective, that when we sold the uh, Advantage Payroll Services, every single person kept their job and it was a big part of the negotiation to make sure that the folks that were going to the big public company had a place. And I'm happy to say that that's exactly what happened after much struggle and probably taking the deal longer to make sure that was actually part of the deal. Um, and the majority of them are still employed there over a year later. And, you know, it might seem like a modest thing, but I felt I had an obligation to these folks. Uh, others listening might say, no, that's not your responsibility, but I never really felt that way. And I would say that was probably one of my bigger accomplishments. That's extraordinary. Um, hats off to you, Rob, because um, that's no mean feat uh, at all. But I guess I'm not really entirely surprised because after our conversation today, I, I just keep thinking about what you've said about your business being a family and how it's important to care, not just for your, um, your customers, but also for your staff. And that's something that's very rare in business in this day and age. Yeah. And I, listen, I... I think now it's second nature. I, I, like I said at the, at the top of the first question, I'm not sure that was a, a second nature, but you know, realizing that you 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 move on in years and your your what you care about and what's important to you does change. If if you're an evolving individual, plenty of people don't evolve and they still wish they were back in college. 
you know, I don't, I like the, my lot in life now and, 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 and like the relationships I have. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you've um, navigated your way through the past and the present with expert ease and I had a feeling you would. So let's, let's move forward to the future. Let's travel a hundred years in the future. Now I suspect that I'm not going to be around in a hundred years time, but you probably will be with all this <laughs> bloody energy you've got. Well, <laughs> maybe if they cryo freeze me, maybe so. That, that, that could be a possibility. Who knows oh boy <laughs> in the future let's say let's say 10 years time where will you be in 10 years time and what will you be doing and will you be taking my call still well the latter first of course i'll be taking your calls this has been a great conversation um what 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 i hope is that we've reached our revenue targets um i've uh, elevated or hired someone to run the day-to-day and that i'm in a position to help other uh, young, successful, upwardly mobile uh, entrepreneurs to help realize their dreams. Um, n- not just because I'm a nice guy, but because there's a, w- a path to profitability by elevating people. And um, I hope it happens sooner than 10 years, but 10 years is reasonable. I'll be uh, almost uh, 57 years old, and I still think that's too young to retire. Uh, I, I don't have enough outside hobbies to, to, to make it to make it worth it for me. And, you know, I'm excited about what the next 10 years are going to bring. And uh, Keezy, you and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen a year from now. Uh, the best laid plans uh, somehow some, somehow go awry for good reasons and bad reasons. And I am one that can always roll with the punches and figure out what I'm what I need to do. So I am excited about the outlook. Very wise words. And I have a feeling that uh, it won't take you 10 years, Rob, to achieve your goals. Um, I reckon we should touch base again in 10 years time just to see where we both are. Um, I'm going to book my interview with you now for our 10 year anniversary. What do you reckon? Absolutely. It's a deal. Brilliant. Rob, it's been so good talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Well, uh, Rob's incredibly inspiring story. It's a great reminder that you have to have a big vision and take very small steps to get there. You have to be humble as you execute, but visionary and gigantic in terms of your aspiration. In the integrated payroll and HR systems world, it's not about grand innovations. It's about a lot of little innovations every day, every week, every month, making something a little bit better. This is what Rob Basso has set himself out to do. Can you follow his example? I'm sure you can. Listen, learn and innovate. Playing us out is 33-year-old Ghanaian entrepreneur Kenneth Hafiano. Now, Kenneth is the founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Voto region, Ghana. When Kenneth's not training people in the fine art of batik, he's also, I'm sure you'll agree, a very, very talented musician. Here he is performing Believe in You. See you next week. They don't want to believe in me How can I believe in them? They don't want to believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in my dreams How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 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 yeah.
Kima presi sheko na kima vi Akbe ame fenya wenya reka mulio yeta Meswasi jo tonu leponu bebereka Ela jume karo maunye jibe na dema 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 a journey of a thousand miles begin with a step So get up, stand up, do something best for yourself You can't sit always and be asking for a help Men put it on your knees, forgot to put it on your head Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can We're going straight to the top They don't wanna believe in me yeah. How can I believe in them? They don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in my dreams How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah. I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zip Us In, and I love listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. They don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in my dreams. How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.